everybody. Welcome back to another episode of On The Mix. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today I'm going to be talking to you guys about the infamous love triangle between model Patty Boyd and two of England's best, most awesome, coolest, legendary guitarists of all time, George Harrison and Eric Clapton. I think this is easily one of the most compelling love stories of rock and roll music history because Patty Boyd not only married George Harrison, she married Eric Clapton. Not only are they two amazing guitarists, but she inspired some of the most well-known love songs of the 20th century in that time frame. I know you guys have heard of Derek and the Dominoes, Layla, and Wonderful Tonight, and I know you've heard of the Beatles, Something. Okay, those three songs in particular are songs that were written and inspired by Patty Boyd herself. I think it's correct to say that she is a muse. I'm not going to call her a groupie because I think that's quite beneath her, and also she married these two men, so I think it's right I think it's the correct verbiage if I call her a muse to both of these men because she captured their hearts. She fell in love with both of them. She got married to both of them. She's lived quite an interesting life. And if you guys don't really know about her or how the whole thing came together with her being married to George and then how she ended up with Eric Clapton, it's a really interesting story. So I'm just going to tell you guys a little bit about Patty Boyd herself and just kind of the things that she's done in her life before she met George Harrison, her first husband. So Patty was born on March 17, 1944 in Taunton, England, and her father was in the Royal Air Force, so her family moved around quite a bit. Um, she had a couple of siblings and, you know, with their family moving around so much because her father was in the Royal Air Force, they ended up settling for a time in Kenya in 1951. So for a short period of time, she actually went to school and she grew up in Kenya. And then at some point in time, her parents divorced and then she went back to England. So Patty, at this point in time in London, after she graduates from school, she works at the Elizabeth Arden Salon in London. And Elizabeth Arden is actually still a really big brand now because they were doing hair, they do makeup, they do skincare, they do a lot of stuff. Um, so as a young girl, she worked at the Elizabeth Arden Salon in London. And let's just call a spade a spade, all right? Patty Boyd has always been a really strikingly beautiful lady. And she would get hit on quite a lot. And she, one day while at work, one of her clients actually asked her if she ever considered modeling before. Patty herself said that, yes, of course. Like, she always thought about modeling. Her sister, Jenny, actually is a model as well. So it wasn't like it was anything out of the ordinary that Patty would consider going into modeling. However, when her client asked Patty if she ever thought about modeling she said oh no i you know i haven't really considered it before kind of lying to her and it just so happened that this client of hers is actually a worker for a magazine called honey at the time and she said listen you are so beautiful you should be a model allow me to take your pictures and i'll put you on the magazine and so patty agreed to this and this is where it kind of started her formative modeling career 
So Patty has worked with a number of the top photographers in London, all around England, but all around the world, basically. Um, she is just so stunning. Her fashion actually really started to transcend what she would wear herself, and it became a staple of the 60s mod fashion at the time. You know, the really short dresses and the boots and the makeup, like how she styled herself was so iconic that actually another famous model at the time, Twiggy, I know you guys have probably heard about Twiggy, she actually adopted her own unique style from Patty's influence. So it's quite interesting that Patty Boyd actually inspired Twiggy. I never actually knew that until I was researching this episode, but isn't that just so fascinating? So, you know, Patty ends up on the cover of British Vogue. She ends up, you know, being photographed by all of these really amazing, high professional, high society people. And she ends up working in a couple of commercials. Like she lands one for shampoo. She does one for crisps. And she does a couple of other things. And it was on this shoot for this crisp commercial where the director of the commercial, Richard Lester, actually invited her for this role in a film that he was doing in 1964. And so Richard Lester is the director for the Beatles film, A Hard Day's Night. And they were filming this in London at the time. And they needed a couple of, I don't know what you would call it, cameos or just brief appearances from background actors, I suppose is the right kind of way to put it. Um, so he just said, listen, Patty, how about you take this short role? You only have to say one thing and that's all we need you for. And she was like, okay, why not? And so this is where she meets George Harrison. I briefly talked about their love story in my Beatles trilogy that I did a few weeks ago. Um, but just a brief recap. So Patty was dating somebody at the time. George asked her out. She declined because she was dating this guy. And then not long after, she dumped her boyfriend. And then on another day of filming A Hard Day's Night, George asked her out again, and she said yes because she was free. And so that kind of started their romance in a really cute kind of way. So they courted each other for some time, and George actually bought a house. It was like a cute bungalow house, actually, um, in Escher, Surrey, in July of that year. Soon, Patty moved in, and the two of them became quite an item. She is really known, again, for her fashion, for her makeup, for her good looks. That's not all that she is known for, but that's just obviously some of the very obvious things that she's known for. She's a very actually well-spoken, intelligent woman as well. Um, but of course, I mean, she's just so gorgeous. And George was also an extremely good-looking man for back in the day. And so the two of them made quite a hot item because they, they had model looks. And so it just made sense that they were to be together. Um, and so it wasn't too long where the following year, 1965, on December the 25th, the two of them got engaged. And then in January, they got married. So it was a pretty quick romance, literally two years of courting and they get married. Well, it's just like a whirlwind kind of thing. And so Patty gets married to George kind of at the beginning-ish phase of Beatlemania and of course... You have a frenzy of female fans that just want to be with all four members. And Patty has said numerous times that she would be taunted and harassed, physically assaulted 
by these girls that just wanted a piece of the Beatles for themselves. And so it's the price that she had to pay to be with this man, George, that she loved. It's kind of unfortunate, but that is kind of what she dealt with. And during their marriage, they were trying to conceive, right? They were trying to have a baby of their own. And unfortunately, due to circumstances, they just weren't able to conceive naturally. George was very adamant that they were not going to adopt. I think George just kind of wanted to have his own children. And I would maybe suppose back in this time in the 60s that that's just the natural progression of things that if you can't have your own children, why would you consider adoption? I don't I don't know. That was just his own personal choice. Patty was really devastated. She's like, is there something wrong with me? Like, why can't I have children? Why can't I conceive? And so not only was she dealing with that, but George got to a point where I would say it was borderline controlling and possessive. Patty was slowly starting to stop taking on modeling gigs because George kind of, in a lack of better word, forbade her from going and continuing her modeling career. You know, again, is this a jealousy thing? Is this a control thing? Is this a thing where Patty is the most beautiful woman in London and he knew that everyone would have eyes on her? And is it just like a weirdly shielding kind of thing? I don't know, but that's kind of what he does on her. And so for a good portion of their marriage up until their divorce, Patty was just kind of arm candy to George. I don't mean to say that in a bad way on George, on his part. You know, but you have to bring these things into question. And unfortunately, Patty was just kind of embroiled with all of this. So they were slowly starting to drift apart from those reasons. And then on top of that, this was at the time in the mid 60s, where George was heavily getting into transcendentalism, spiritualism, Hinduism, Buddhism, and he was taking acid and he was expanding his mind. And so he would become more and more and more deep into this rabbit hole of trying to expand his world and expand his brain. And as a direct result of that, Patty got left kind of on the sidelines. So unfortunately, their marriage just kind of drifted apart because of all of those reasons combined and probably more reasons. However, in their marriage, George would write something for Patty. He wrote For You Blue for her. He wrote, love you too, if I needed someone and I need you. Those predominantly were the songs that George wrote about Patty during their marriage. So fast forward a few years in 1970, George and Patty move into their big mansion named Friar Park. It just got to a point again where their marriage was just kind of crumbling before them and they didn't really know what to do. Patty wasn't really sure what she was holding on for. In her inner circle, she has the Beatles' wives, and she has the Beatles themselves, and she has whoever hangs around the Beatles to kind of have intimate friendships and relationships with. And one of these people that she becomes tied to is Eric Clapton. So George and Eric Clapton have always had a really strong friendship. Even through this whole thing where Patty and Eric Clapton were to have a dalliance with each other, like they were always very close to one another in a really weird <laughs> kind of interesting aspect. And so it was said from like day one 
that Clapton was so frazzled and in awe of Patty that he just was so in love with her that he would just try everything in his power to get Patty to marry him. And it was at this time Clapton was done with Cream and he was starting his new band, Derek and the Dominoes. And they only had one album. As we know it, it's called Layla and Other Assorted Love Songs. Okay. So Eric was writing her love notes, kind of being cryptic, but also being very bold in his love for her, not really shying away from it. In kind of an effort to get closer to Patty, this is a really scumbag move, by the way, but in an effort to get closer to Patty, Eric ends up dating Patty's other sister, Paula, right? And that's a bit fucked up, (laughs) but it is what it is. And so Patty was seeing more of Eric Clapton all the time now because he was dating one of her sisters. One day, Eric approached Patty and he said, Patty, I have a song that I completed that I want you to listen to. And she's like, okay, great. So he takes her over to the studio and he plays this song for her from start to finish. And the song is Layla. Okay. So Patty hears this song and she is swept into this whirlwind, emotional, romantic ballad that's written about her. And she just is like, stunned she has no idea what to do however she does say at this point that there was no other option for her that once she heard the song she knew she was in trouble like she knew that she couldn't like stop it anymore that she couldn't hide it anymore um what's interesting actually about Layla that I didn't know Eric got the inspiration for the name Layla after a piece of literature called the story of Layla and Majnun I hope I said that correctly It's a story based on a 7th century poet and his lover, Layla, and it's about a man driven to madness by his unattainable lover. Gee, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Hmm. So that's kind of how Layla kind of came about, Um, you know. That very night, actually, after hearing Layla, the two of them, Patty and Eric, were sitting in the garden of Robert Stigwood, and Robert Stigwood is the manager for Cream. They're just hanging out together. And George is so confused as to where Patty is. So he ends up coming over to the house and he's like, where's Patty? Where is she? Like, I need to find her. Where is she? And she ends up finding Patty and Eric sitting together in the garden, having a conversation. And George is like, what's going on here? What's happening? What are you two doing here? And it was at that moment that Eric was like, George, I'm in love with your wife. I'm in love with Patty. And George is like, are you kidding me, dude? Are you kidding me? So George presents an ultimatum to Patty. Like, who are you going with? Me or him? And Patty ends up going with George. And it was at this point that Eric went into a three-year intensive heroin addiction over the fact that Patty rejected him, which, I mean, come on. I mean, listen, okay. (laughs) When I heard this, I was like, oh, Eric, like, come on, slap yourself out of it. Like, You went into a heroin addiction over this woman rejecting you like that is that's rough. That is rough. So that ends up happening. The thing that broke the camel's back for Patty eventually deciding to separate from George Harrison, it wasn't only the fact that Eric Clapton was on her, but George was also having extramarital affairs with all these people. Interestingly enough, like in a weird twist, 
Patty slept with Ronnie Wood, right? And George slept with Ronnie Wood's wife. Really weird. So, right, the straw that brought the camels back for Patty is one day in 1974, George and Patty and Ringo Starr and his wife Maureen are hanging out at Ringo's house and they're having dinner, all four of them together. Now, I think you guys probably won't expect this. You won't see this one coming. You'll be like, what? But it's true. George blurts out out of nowhere, Ringo, I'm in love with your wife, Maureen. Yes. George and Maureen had an affair numerous times behind Patty's back and Ringo's back. Yes, it happened. Yes. Probably out of convenience. I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking like, why would that happen? Why Maureen and George? That kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think in times of these desperate, weird situations, Maureen and Ringo as well, I should say, weren't in the best marriage either. Like it just it just kind of all came crumbling down upon the four of them. And Patty was like, right, that's it. My friend betrayed me. My husband betrayed me. I'm done. Ringo, his standpoint, his viewpoint, his stance on this whole thing as well. It was better that it was done by someone you know over a stranger. And it's like, oof, I guess, but like, oh my God, I can't even imagine like, oh my God, this has been going on for a long time as well. So Patty was done. She's like, this is it. This is the straw that broke my back. I'm done. So she divorces George in July of 1974. And as divorces go, it takes a few years for the divorce proceedings to officially end and for her to move on freely. So it was at this time. Eric's three-year heroin addiction was up. (laughs) He's like, oh, three years is up. Great. I can get off heroin now. Awesome. So Eric finally now, knowing that Patty made the move to divorce George, he was on her like white on rice. He was like pursuing her nonstop. It was like, oh my God, I can't not have you in my life. I need to have you in my life. And um, also in a really weird bit for her love, right? Eric Clapton shows up at George and Patty's house one day, totally smashed, totally, totally wasted. And he's like, George, I want your wife. What are you going to do about it? And George is like, I also want my wife. So let's have a duel right here, right now in the garden. Let's have a guitar duel. Yes, this happened. This actually happened. The two of them, they plug their guitars in an amp and they have a duel about who the better guitarist would be. And whoever the better guitarist was, that's who was going to win Patty's love. This more so was about competition, okay? And that's kind of what Patty thinks this whole thing was about. Like, why would Eric Clapton go so hard to win my affection when I'm with George Harrison, right? George Harrison and Eric Clapton are like, best friends. They're like guitar buddies. They learn off of each other. Eric Clapton was featured in quite a few of the Beatles songs, especially While My Guitar Gently Weeps, right? The two of them are like peas in a pod. Why would Eric go so hard against his best friend and try to marry his wife? Well, Patty thinks that again, it was all for the competition because of the competitive nature between the two of them that Eric was jealous of what George had and he wanted it for himself. So that was interesting. That that I think is probably true. Um, and it comes from her. So I would be inclined to believe that that is accurate. So finally, the divorce between George and Patty officially 
comes to a close in 1977, they're divorced. And it doesn't take long for Eric and Patty to eventually get married on March 27th, 1979 in Tucson, Arizona. And again, like, weirdly enough, George and Eric are still great friends. George is now married to his new wife, Olivia, and they get invited to Patty and Eric's wedding. Ringo and his wife goes. Paul and Linda goes. However, John Lennon couldn't go because at this time, John was really scared that if he were to leave New York, that he wouldn't be able to come back because the government was really trying to force John Lennon out of the country by any means necessary. So he felt like he couldn't go to the wedding, even though he wanted to go. Think about it. If he had actually went, that would have been the last time that all four Beatles would have been reunited before John's death. Hmm. Food for thought on that one. So... Yeah, so the two of them get married, and again, like, it just speaks to how close George and Eric are as friends. George would jokingly call Eric his husband-in-law. That's how close as friends they still were, that they were able to share this weird love triangle experience. Um, unfortunately for Patty, I just, she can't win in this situation that she finds herself in, because the whole 10 years that Eric and Patty are married, he treats her like she is dispensable, that she is worthless, that she is like nothing. He beats her all the time. He is horrible to her. He is drunk throughout like all of their marriage. And for her to cope, she drinks as well. So the two of them are just in this tumultuous relationship. And to make matters so much worse... Patty and Eric try to conceive and get pregnant, but Patty can't get pregnant. They had two failed attempts at in vitro fertilization, and she just can't get pregnant. Unfortunately, um, for Patty, she just, she never had children. So, you know, it's just unfortunate. Like, what did she get from this whole thing? A husband that beats her and is horrible to her, even though he wrote all these love songs for her, that means nothing, really. Because he treats her like shit when he actually has her. So it's really um, it's really unfortunate that she had to go through what she went through. Even with George Harrison, too. I mean, George, you know, cheated on her multiple times. Albeit, again, cheated on her with her best friend, one of her best friends, Maureen, Ringo's wife. The Beatles' wives were so close to each other that they were the only ones that understood what was going on through this whole confusing, weird, Beatlemania kind of time. And for one of them... To sleep with her husband was the ultimate betrayal. Of course, having one of your sisters, one of your lady friends do this to you is so despicable. So unfortunately for Patty and Eric, it wasn't to last and they divorced in 1989. However, it doesn't end there. Patty ends up getting married finally in 2015 and uh, she seems happy. So that's all that matters there. So that's great. But yeah, that's kind of the uh, weird love triangle between Eric Clapton, George Harrison, and Patty Boyd. Again, I just really want to emphasize how important Patty Boyd is to music history. Rolling Stone magazine and plenty of other publications have dubbed her as one of the most important and legendary muses in rock and roll music history. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Literally, the whole album, Layla and Other Assorted Love Songs, was written about Patty. And that's one of the best albums of all time. Layla is one of the best songs of all time. Something is one of the best songs of all time. So I guess, you know, as and while she's immortalized in these songs, 
you know, she got to be with these two legendary guitarists. Unfortunately, George is no longer with us, but, you know, she has just remained through and through one of the nicest, classiest women that I've ever had the chance of really knowing and researching. Throughout my life of being a Beatles fan, just of of knowing her and her story, it's really interesting, you know, how it all kind of came together. But that's the short, I guess, if you want to call it short, story of the love triangle between Patty Boy, George Harrison, and Eric Clapton. I hope you guys have an awesome day, and I will see you guys next Wednesday with a new episode of On The Mix. Talk to you guys later. Bye, guys. Bye.